Welcome to Raise the Line with Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. Hi, I'm Rishi Desai, and today on Raise the Line, I'm happy to be joined by Saud Siddiqui and Andrew Berg, co-founders of Sketchy Medical. Founded in 2013, Sketchy Medical is a powerful visual learning platform that helps students master concepts through fun and informative video sketches that enhance visual memory. Thank you both for being with us today. How are you doing? Thank you, Rishi. Doing well. Excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, doing great. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Well, I'd love to hear just about your your backstory, how you got into medical education and, and what kind of sparked your interest in, in Sketchy Medical in the first place. Sure. So when we started Sketchy, uh, we were really, I'd say, just solving problems that, that we had ourselves as medical students. You know, we started in 2013, like you said, and around that time, we were actually second year medical students. Um, and we were getting through what medical students get through, which is learning tons and tons of complex information in a short amount of time uh, and trying to commit that all to memory uh, and being able to apply that, you know, on, on exams and really beyond. And as we tried different study techniques, different study methods, you know, nothing really worked well um, until we stumbled upon this way of learning. Um, and it was something that we really used ourselves and, and taught each other and later decided, you know, why don't we share this with other students, share this experience that, that we're having with other folks who may benefit from it. And that was really how it started. It was just kind of sharing what, what we were doing ourselves as students. So I'm just playing off that. When you say you were doing it together, walk me through that specifically, like Sal, you would draw a character, you know, help you remember something and then you show it to Andrew or he would show you one or how, how did that go? Yeah. There was a basement we actually studied in at, at UC Irvine, which had kind of whiteboards all over it. And so naturally we'd, you know, go up to the whiteboard and, and use it. And, you know, when we needed to memorize a certain virus, for example, I remember we were, we were learning viruses. Um, we would create a story kind of based on the name of the virus and then create a character and use jokes, use humor. It was really in this group setting um, of creating these characters really in, in kind of this artwork. It, it didn't look as good as it does today, definitely. It was just kind of a, you know, stick figures almost on a on a whiteboard. And I think Andrew still has some of the first sketches we did um, on also kind of sheets of paper and notebook. But that's really how we did it. We're kind of in a group and we just build the scene together. And I'd say it was almost like a last resort trying to get as much info as you can into our heads before the exam, kind of the night before. And it stuck surprisingly well. So we just kept doing it. Now, there's a lot of learning science that obviously underpins what you're doing. And I'm just curious, like how much of this was sort of doing it, like you said, out of like almost desperation to learn it uh, versus like how much of it was having known about that science and saying like, hey, there's this cool tool. Let me apply that tool and see how it goes. Yeah. So actually, we uh, had no idea about any of, any of the research that underpins our methods. Uh, this was purely born out of us really feeling like we were on a treadmill. Like as soon as we learned a new bug, we'd forget some of the older bugs. And uh, it was late one night when we started uh, some of these, you know, pretty irreverent sketches that that really stuck. I think one of the things that we realized is the the sketches did take a long time to come up with. We really tried to weave it all into a narrative together. In the topics that we got in microbiology that we were able to create sketches for, those we did really well on. <laughs> the rest where we didn't have enough time to create sketches for, we, we really felt like we were behind. Our study group that uh, studied with us definitely benefited from us sharing our sketches and, and learned from it, even though they weren't part of necessarily the creative process. And so that, that really was what gave us the idea of, 
you know, these really work. Uh, the only downside that makes them not really useful for studying in real time as a med student is that the creation process takes a real long time. Um, so why don't we try throwing uh, a YouTube video uh, or a video up on YouTube to see if other students across the country would find it useful too. So that was kind of the, the genesis of the initial idea. Uh, the initial plan was for Sayud and I to do the drawings ourselves. <laughs> and um, I think that we would have had a wildly different response if, if that happened. <laughs> Probably in that we would have no response um, because our drawings are terrible. But it was just through sheer coincidence that we actually uh, met Brian, the third co-founder of Sketchy. We were at, at Starbucks, at a crowded Starbucks, and, and sat next to him at a table. And we were planning our sketch and looked over and saw Brian had these beautiful drawings in his first aid. Um, and at that point, we're like, okay, Brian, you got to team up with us. That was what led to the, the first sketch, which was Salmonella. That's incredible. And, and I think one of the things that I'm sure you've heard this from a lot of folks, and, and I'll just say this for everyone to hear as well. I think what you do so beautifully is create a joyful experience, like opening up a new chapter to learn something brand new is typically a pretty daunting, scary experience for people. But I think watching something that unfolds in a story-like way with beautiful illustrations that are goofy and funny kind of creates, it sparks like a joy. And, and I'm curious, like whether you've heard that feedback from students, but also if you've heard that kind of feedback from faculty, like how do they see it? And does that feel for them like it's the right feeling to be having? Or if they feel like, no, that's not actually quite the the right feeling that should go with these, uh, these learning experiences. You know, we've, we've found that same effect. Um, and I've noticed that as well, where students actually enjoy learning again, once they start using sketchy. Um, and it's kind of bringing that, that joy back that I think gets lost kind of when folks are going through more and more rigorous, I'd say education. We actually surveyed our students and found that um, not only was sketchy effective, but the majority of, of students also found that it was making them feel less stressed. Um, so about 65% had said that, and 67% had said that they felt more confident um, using sketchy. So not only are we providing an effective learning technique that gives them the ability to memorize and recall, we are also uh, doing it in a way that they actually enjoy the experience um, and are getting the the feelings that that we hope that they would get out of it. Now, have you noticed? Obviously, with uh, with the healthcare system, it's it's so broad. And your background as medical students, how did it extend as you started reaching out to other types of clinical students, nursing students, uh, PA students? What sort of response did you see? And and were there any differences that you wouldn't otherwise have expected? Yeah, I'd say that expansion is really starting now. In a sense, we've spent most of our focus really on medical. And, you know, that was really where we started and that was our core. And I think we applied this learning technique really, really well to medical education, but there's no reason that it can't be applied to, to really anything that needs to be learned. And so what we're doing is really starting out with some of the adjacencies. So like you mentioned, um, PA school is one, pharmacy school is another, undergraduate education is another. And I think that a lot of these students are really going through um, some of the same feelings that medical students are, that feeling of being overwhelmed, having to memorize kind of mountains of, of information in a short amount of time, but not really given the tools to do that effectively. And so what we've seen so far is that there's actually a lot of excitement um, for some of this new content that we're putting out later this year. MCAT is a great example where we have, you know, a beta actually running right now and students are using it and they are really excited about it. 
they want to use whatever we have today because their MCAT's coming up. Um, there's medical students telling them about it. One of the quotes was, I would retake the MCAT just to use this. So there's a lot of excitement, I think, that we're seeing in some of the other verticals, really, that we're excited to apply our, our sketchy technique to. You set me up, so I'm going to ask you now, would either of you retake the MCAT if you could using sketchy? Like, like would you go through that process again? No, absolutely not. That's a firm no. <laughs> I, I kind of want to take a random exam with it that, you know, I don't know. Uh, that's not even medically related if we have a sketchy for it, just to pass using the technique. <laughs> so it, it, it's a good point. So, you know, have you effectively kind of scaled out into other domains, non-medical domains, and, and how has that gone? What has that experience been like? Yeah, so I'd say MCAT feels like a very near adjacent to medical, but really it's the content's completely different. You know, teaching physics, uh, teaching OCHEM, that really requires us to rely on a lot more of our subject matter experts and our faculty that are bringing us the curriculum. Um, And so we're working on ways to really help streamline and and just really create a better content by partnering with them. And, And some of that might involve bringing people into the sketchy writer's room and really being more a part of the creative process, people that, you know, might not even consider themselves as creatives. But I think when you put people who are experts into a room with a bunch of creatives and artists, uh, good things happen. And so that's kind of what we're figuring out right now. Since we started it as med students, the core of of Sketchy relied on a lot of uh, people who had subject matter expertise or relative subject matter expertise in medicine. But as we branch out, that might not be the case. So these are uh, pretty fun experiments that we're running right now on MCAT, and it, it looks like we're uh, doing a pretty great job. So we're really excited to show that to these MCAT test takers. I'm curious about the voice, and I don't mean like the actual like narration of it, but I mean like the tone. Do you feel like a single sketchy has had equal reception, let's say from a nursing audience uh, as compared to a PA audience? Or have you found that actually it needs to be different in a particular way. I'm just curious to know how that expansion has gone. It's something that we think a lot about. uh, And I imagine you do as well with your content and trying to establish maybe even like a character for who you want your voice to be. And, you know, we've bounced around some ideas, but we think of ourselves kind of as this, Sayud hates the term, but like a maverick TA maybe, um, who goes a little rogue, you know, doesn't necessarily follow all the rules, doesn't take himself or herself too seriously, but can like really speak authoritatively, but still in like a near peer type voice. So definitely, you know, we were founded uh, with us being med students, teaching med students. And so we really want to embrace that near peer model, but at the same time, we're bringing into the fold all of these experts. And, and so we can speak with more authority than I think we could have when we first started. So it's an interesting blend and it's a tough thing to get just right. But I think it's a big part of who we are as a brand and, and it's kind of a core thought that we are constantly bouncing around and, and playing with um, and experimenting with. So, but yeah, I'm curious, actually, I turned the question back to you since you're also very heavily involved in your content creation. How do you uh, define your voice or how do you know if it's hitting or if it's not? Yeah, it's a good question. I think one of the challenges is the nursing model itself as an example is a different model than the medical model. And sometimes the words even that, that are used, um, like right now, you know, in nursing, there's a phrase ADPI. ADPI, uh, at least in most medical schools, is not a phrase that is taught. That is not a term that is known. Uh, in most nursing schools, 
you're not a nurse if you don't know what ADPI is. And so that's an example where framing it differently has been useful because the two cultures are quite different. But then the core content is the same. Influenza as a virus doesn't change depending on the person it infects or who's taking care of the patient. So it's a bit of both. Like we've certainly tried to, you know, make sure that we incorporate the cultural elements of healthcare as well as the content elements of healthcare so that it doesn't kind of exclude one or the other. But but yeah, like you said, it's it's a challenge. And and I like the rogue maverick idea. I think that's really cool. And maybe just to ask as as a follow up, is there a sketchy of a rogue maverick that is in the videos themselves? Uh, I mean, our main PA director of our PA curriculum, uh, Moini, has uh, has a sketch of herself appearing kind of as an Easter egg in a lot of the sketches, and um, she's like carrying a skateboard and has a pink mohawk, and so I think that truly does embody the sketchy educator, um, somebody who can have fun with it. But uh, she was also formerly the director of the Charles Drew PA program, and so has the authority too behind her. So. I would say that's a great example of it. But no, I, I think in general, having more characters and, and relying more on creating characters that have, you know, goals and have uh, personality will be the future of Sketchy, absolutely. It's, especially, as you can imagine, as we branch out beyond higher education. So A follow-on then is another audience, which is patients. You know, with COVID-19, a lot of patients have questions about vaccines. You know, nowadays people will ask just, off the cuff, you know, did you get Moderna or Pfizer? I'm not sure a lot of folks know any manufacturers of any vaccines other than the COVID-19 vaccine. Like That's just an, a really interesting level of detail that people have picked up on. And so I'm curious, are any of the sketches aimed at patients or patient education? And, and if so, how's that gone? Yeah, not not directly. And so feel free to jump in here too. But uh, it's certainly something we're interested in. And we're, we're very envious of your ability to reach patients and, and reach doctors and, and maintain a, a voice, I think, that works for both. So uh, I, I think you've been a great example of, of achieving that. I think we are developing new styles to really show in an animated way, uh, like really break down process and be able to explain things and I'd say more innovative and artistic ways. Right now, we're really very heavily set to teach people loads of content that's tough to remember. We're really leaning into the memory palace technique. I think for for patients, it's about teaching to understanding. And we're in kind of working behind the scenes right now, developing new styles to do that. Um, And that's certainly a a potential opportunity. And yeah, I I would say it's not something that we've made a real effort at yet, but um, we're excited to, you know, at least uh, engage patients in in interesting, fun ways. One of the things that I think is a huge strength of Sketchy is the fact that if you can make education more fun, that's great. But it also seems like it's much more efficient. And efficiency can also mean at the end of the day, potentially less time in school. Uh, I'm curious if there's any anecdotal evidence or any evidence internationally or in, you know, some settings where you could actually shorten the length of time of training just by using some of these techniques that you guys are using. Yeah. I mean, I'd say that there has been, and I'd say for a few years, at least not looking at the years of training yet, but really at how people learn this stuff. And I'd say more and more folks are almost finding that learning through a technique like sketchy and learning it at double speed is almost the only way to do it. And folks are starting to skip lecture because of how much time they save with um, 
content like sketchy. There was an article in, in stat news about how students were leaving the classroom in droves and where we were one of their tour guides really uh, in getting through education. I think we're starting to see more and more of that where folks are not only able to learn more efficiently through sketchy, but actually retain it better as well. And so they only need to really learn it and, and kind of review it that one time and actually hold on to it and be able to recall it uh, much more effectively. I think that can lead to, um, you know, needing less time to get through all this material. Obviously haven't seen it yet really in at the macro level with MedEd, but I, I don't think it's really impossible. I think there could be a world in which folks are getting through getting through, you know, some of the material in a short amount of time. You know, we have something in common. We both are teaching companies. And one of the core things that we like to do is kind of fill knowledge gaps. I, I'd like to open it up to both of you to kind of share something with us that that you think is a common knowledge gap. And maybe it's about medical education or about medicine or medical school or whatever the topic may be. Pick a topic you enjoy and, and uh, let us learn. I mean, I think one is this concept of learning preferences. And there's this VAK model that arose, I think, in, in the 1970s that taught that, you know, some students were visual learners, some were auditory. Um, and really, I, I think that's been completely debunked as a myth and really has no bearing in uh, any of the, uh, the evidence. And so I think one of the, I guess, gaps or misconceptions is that some students think that they are visual learners, some think that they aren't. But really, I mean, if you, if you think about it in the evolutionary scale, you know, verbal understanding and, and speech are relatively new. Uh, verbal memory also is a relatively new, <laughs> new development then, but it's been, you know, millions of years of evolutionary pressure to be able to remember where your food came from and remember where the predators are. And so, you know, all of this bears out uh, as you keep digging more and more about visual memory and visual learning. So I would say, you know, one teaching point would be that we're all visual learners. And if we can translate that, uh, what we're learning into that visual language, it, I think it speaks for itself. That's one of the things in starting Sketchy that has surprised Saud and I is we, when we first released Salmonella, we thought we were working on making an explainer video after that to say, you know, don't freak out. This is a visual memory. Trust us, this works. But then all of a sudden it started taking off and, and we really didn't make an, explain, an explainer until this year. So um, that's been incredible. I think it's just something where you got to try it, let it soak in, maybe think about what you learned a week or two later and see if it sticks because it's pretty remarkable. I think there are two goals for us. It's to make it fun and to make it more memorable and speed up learning. And that fun aspect is harder to be uh, objective about and to judge. But we found that the more fun we're having when we're creating content, that translates to the more fun the students are having and very likely the more effective it is as a learning tool. So. That's it. So I don't know if you have anything to add there, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's a really good one. And I know that that definitely surprised us and can almost feel a little counterintuitive because of the way that we're kind of taught through, through education, you know, folks are encouraged to lean into their learning method when really there probably aren't different types of learners. Uh, and so I'd encourage folks to, to try really everything and kind of see what works for them. I think even if they feel like they may not learn visually, I think like Andrew said, everybody is, is a visual learner. Other misconceptions or myths. Uh, number one, I'd say the vaccine does not have a microchip. So everybody please get the vaccine. <laughs> um, that's one. Um, 
And two, really leaning more towards some of the maybe entrepreneurs in the audience um, and folks that may be thinking about, you know, putting their own solutions out there into the world. I think you and Shiv probably had similar experiences as us. And I'd say that, you know, once a company grows to kind of where we're at today, it kind of looks like we had this all planned from the beginning and kind of knew what we were doing and, and, you know, had this course charted out. But really, if you look at kind of the story of Sketchy and where we started, it was really something that we discovered and found value in and shared with people and put out in the world. And we had no idea where it was going to go. Um, and I'd say for anybody out there listening that has something that has helped them that can help others, uh, something of value that, that you can share with the world, just put it out there um, and kind of keep pushing. We put this together in medical school. I think there's a myth out there that you've got to pick one or the other you know, build a business and leave med school or stay in med school and don't build a business, but you can do both. And it's just about putting in the time and you can kind of do it the way that, that you want to do it. And I think we're a good example of that. So I'd say some words of advice there to people listening. That's awesome. And I think that there are a lot of uh, folks, entrepreneurs in the audience. So I appreciate you sharing that insight because I think that there is a lot of fear that if you don't have, you know, a, a clear map, then you shouldn't go on your journey. And clearly that doesn't make sense. So thank you both. I will also say that I've always found it interesting that so much of our brain is dedicated to vision. You know, we have a whole lobe. We've even named it, you know, the occipital lobe. And uh, and there are a few other things that we do that get a whole lobe of your brain dedicated to it. So uh, clearly <laughs> visual spatial uh, learning uh, has been with us for a millennia and is not going anywhere. So I think that that's a really powerful point. I do want to also thank you both for, for joining us today and for sharing your, your wisdom. Oh, thank you, Rishi. This was a lot of fun. Thanks, Rishi. Awesome. Well, I'm Dr. Rishi Desai. Thank you for checking out today's show. Remember to do your part to flatten the curve and raise the line. We're all in this together. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>